I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Martin Lipton of The Sun and Jim Holden of The Sunday Express. Check the calendar. It's November, Arsenal's nightmare month. Time for brain fade and bitter disappointment. But is this team a different model, Martin? Maybe, but I wouldn't say yes definitively at all. I mean, they were pretty awful on Saturday against Manchester United. They stole a point out of nothing with their only genuine attack of the game. Uh, but the fact they were still in a game which they didn't play is a symbol or a sign of their resilience. The fact that they have a very good, stable central defensive platform, which they haven't had for a while. I still think they've got more, a lot more to come from Granit Xhaka, who can be a really key player for them once he gets up, fully up to pace with the Premier League. They're missing Bellerin at right back. Um, and they've got goals in, they have a goal threat. And it's interesting that Giroud's record this season is pretty impressive when he comes off the bench. He's now knocking on the start. And the quality of that goal shows you what he can bring you. It was a fantastic header. It means they've always got a, a chance to steal a game, steal a result, and that's really important. In the Champions League on Wednesday night, against PSG, both teams are going to go through 10 points. But we know from history that they really should win that that little league within the league, shouldn't they? Yes, it helps. It psychologically, it helps to win the league. I think this year, rather than other years, it doesn't matter so much to finish second because the, the potential opponents are all bunched in groups. So the top one and two of Bayern Munich and um, Atletico Madrid in the same group, Juventus and Seville in the same group, Dortmund and Real Madrid. So even if you come first, you can face a very, very tough team in the first knockout round. So. Yeah. You mentioned right-back in Bellerin. How important was it that he signed that contract? And if you look at that right-back position, Jenkinson or you've got Debushi, been injured, been linked with Roma, Galatasaray, who would you play? I'd play neither of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe play Gabriel out there, in truth. Uh, I'm not convinced by Jenkinson. I thought he was exposed again against United. He's been out for a long time with injury. Debushi, Wenger has not fancied him for 18 months. I don't quite know see why he's kept him at the club. He's been desperate to go for, for two windows. Bellerin is so much their best right-back, and I would probably think he's the best right-back in the league, actually, because of his pace, his ability to cover back. He's a terrific player, and you can see why other, others want him. So, yes, as a symbol of the club's intent, it's great to see him sign that contract. Whether they'll be still there, as a, he'll still be there as an Arsenal player, if Man City come in off from £50 million for him in the summer, is a different issue. We know that City want full-backs. He would be a perfect player for a Guardiola model team. But as it stands at the moment, it's a big, big statement of intent by Arsenal. They're able to, to get him to sign a new deal. 
all it does in reality is, is pull up the price if, if a big comes in for any player at any club. It's not an Arsenal thing. It's the same with the Spurs players who sign new contracts and anybody else. If someone comes in and offers sixty million, you probably sell. Mm. I, I, so I play Jenkinson because we, we keep talking about wanting to play young English players, give them a chance, get them game exposure. Come back first game from injury, struggles a bit. I was at the game on Saturday, but players do. They need time in a team. If Bellerin's injured, Jenkinson needs time to prove himself. You know, we've got to give these kids time. Mm. You talked, you know, you saw Ramsey come back into the side. It looked a bit unbalanced. Was he played in the right position? And what about his potency going forward? I think Ramsey can play in many different place, positions. So I think that's a problem. I think he's coming back from injury as well. He was just rusty. He was slower than he usually is. You know, getting back to the pace of the game. It was a difficult match away to Manchester United anyway. So I don't see a problem. I think he, he's a utility player in that sense. He can play in a lot of different positions. You know, Wales play him up as one of the two behind the striker alongside Bale. He can play wide right, he can play central midfielder. He's played holding midfielder. I'm not sure, though, if everyone's fit that he's in the first 11 this mm. season. Now, I think he would have been in previous seasons. And perhaps the fact that I can say that is a suggestion of how far improved Arsenal are from where they were, because they do have... Xhaka, they do have Cazorla, both missing for different reasons on, on Saturday. Um, they have those attacking options, Giroud, Sanchez, Ozil, Walcott uh, and others. You know, how do you actually fit Ramsey into your first 11 mm. when you've got so many quality players? When he's fully fit, Ramsey plays for me. He's a superstar player, absolute superstar player. Terrific at the Euros, wasn't he? Yeah, you get him in your team. Mm. What about, you know, we look on Sunday, they're playing Bournemouth. The name Jack Wilshire will be mentioned ad nauseam, so we might as well start now. Well, he'll only be on the, on the, in the crowd, won't he? Because he yeah. can't play, because uh, he's on loan, but, but yes. But, the, but do you look at him and you think, yes, you've done the right thing by getting out of Arsenal? Because, as you say, if you've got key players, or supposedly key players, being a bit unsure, he wouldn't have got anywhere near that team, would he? He's not Arsenal's Jack Wilshire anymore. He's Bournemouth or somebody else's Jack Wilshere. He's never going to play for Arsenal again, I don't think. I think I think it was good for him to actually make the move. I think he'd have been better personally going abroad and trying to play uh, a different style of football for a year. I think it'd be been a, very beneficial. I think that Joe Hart has made a big decision and a right decision by going to Italy to experience something new and make him think ab again about football in a wider context. Wilshere is an extremely talented boy. I think it's fantastic that he's played the last four games for Bournemouth. He's looking as if he's enjoying football again. He's looking fitter. The only way you ever, ever get able to get up to speed is to play. He was not going to play enough at Arsenal. He had to get away. But I don't think now he comes back into the team. I don't think that it's going to fit where Wenger wants to take the team. So he's better off looking elsewhere. But he can play for any, a lot of good teams. He's a very, very good player. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to be the future of England for four years until he got them getting injured. He he's still, still got that ability. He might still be. I think Bournemouth's a good move because he's going to play every week and he's going to be the fulcrum of the team and he's starting to do that. If he'd gone to someone like Roma or Milan that he was linked with... There was no guarantee he'd play in the team. And he'd back to the same thing, in and out, playing as a sub. So I think Bournemouth for this season is a very good move. He does well, then he gets the move to a bigger club somewhere else, maybe abroad, as Martin says. But he'll play every week then. Mm. What about the whole principle of English players playing abroad, you know, obviously, or British players? You look mm. at what Gareth Bale's done. A lot of players, the temptation is just to rummage around in the money pit that is the Premier League. Are our top players showing enough personal ambition? Never have, never will. I think, and it won't ever happen, I think that every player at a youth academy, at a Premier League club, should spend a minimum of one window on loan in another country to learn to play different style of football. And we should have some sort of reciprocal arrangement with the various leagues 
it, they're not going to be playing the first team, but they should be there to learn something new. Different culture. Absolutely. If they play. Nat Chalabar played, had the whole of last year on loan at Napoli, played four or five games. But he was a lot older. I'm talking about that, that formative year, mm. sort of 17, But it was interesting. Yeah, you you to 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 him, yeah. I, saw him, I saw him the other week and he made the point that he thinks he's got recognition at Chelsea. One, because he's come back as a more rounded person, speaks mm. Italian fluently. He also learned from the cerebral nature of the Italian sure. game. So he came back as a more mature footballer, mm. even though you're right, Jim, I think he played seven games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, great, that's wonderful. And I, I agree, it's, it would be excellent for more of our young players to go abroad. But mm. I still think they need to play games. I mean, Chalo is still not playing for Chelsea. I mean, he's a fantastic talent. He's got to be playing football somewhere. Yeah, but he's not going to... I mean, it's interesting that he brought him on at the weekend in a game where they needed to hold on. It was like showing a bit of the calming influence. I think that was quite a positive for him. There's mm. others, though. I mean, look at with lots of Chelsea. We know all play at Vitesse and Ajax and places like that. I think English players, British players, should be braver. But why would they go abroad when the money's not as good, when they're insular, when few of them speak foreign languages? No, I'm saying both. I, a smashing of French and German, so I'm not, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, they, if they can't communicate, it is tough away from home. Players from other countries are able to cope with that. They are braver. And that maybe because the money is such a great reward, they want to come here. But, you, you know, Argentinians and Brazilians go all around Europe wanting to play in various leagues because they want to be part, you know, to test themselves and to prove that they're good enough. And I think English, British players, I mean, it's interesting that the boy Burke went to play for Leipzig, the top of the Bundesliga. Mm. That wasn't a bad move, was it? You know, he, had, he could have stayed at Forest, could have gone to a, a lower division Premier League club or whatever, wanted to go And he started one match and play, as plays mostly as a 15-minute substitute. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good experience and they're doing well, but he's not central to Leipzig being no. top of the league. Mm. Manchester City, you look at them, they're putting an enormous amount of money into their academy. Will they ever get to the stage where they trust their academy products enough to play them? Because you look at the, the city side at the moment, they're building nicely. You know, you, you can look at them, they should be able to pretty much top up qualification in the Champions League this mm -hmm. week. Still very valid title contenders. Where's the opportunity there? Well, it depends on your manager. And with Pep Guardiola, if they're good enough, they will get the chance. I mean, it depends on the manager. Pochettino at Spurs is giving lots of young players a chance. Koeman did it at uh, Southampton, and Pochettino did there as well. Klopp tends to try to do it at Liverpool. It depends on the manager, mm. and Guardiola will give them a chance. Mm. He'll want to, because it'll be a, you know, a ratification and underpinning of what he's gone there for, that it isn't just about a short-term fix with the first team, that he wants to actually build a culture within the club. Now, whether he can actually do that is another matter, because, of course, a lot of clubs, I think at Chelsea, uh, at City, the fresh, and United, the pressure is now to win every game. You can't afford to make a mistake on a player. I still think it's easier for Pochettino to throw in Harry Winks in a big game because he's the Spurs manager. And yes, they want to win, they want to be top four. But if, if the Spurs manager loses a game, it isn't going to be, wow, he's under threat. Mm. It's a different scenario for, at certain clubs. You look at the development of Raheem Sterling. Mm. You know, he was a bit of a scapegoat for a while. There are signs that he's got a real relationship going with Kevin De Bruyne. Is that an example of how intense competition for places and intense pressure for victories can help English football develop the sort of players who have got the mental strength to cope with international football. Yeah, of course it is. And, but I'll go back to what I said before. It, it shows even more the faith that Guardiola has in him and in John Stones. That he's going to keep faith in the way John Stones plays. Sorry to come away from Sterling, but mm. I think he is the key English footballer of our time, John Stones, and whether he's playing for the right manager 
who will give, give them the confidence, keep going, keep going, keep going, make your mistakes. And Sterling, to a lesser extent, has got the same thing. But Sterling wasn't bought for Pellegrini. He was bought for Guardiola when he came in. He was a Guardiola signing mm. a year before Guardiola arrived. Difference with Stones, the Stones came in as part of, of the Pep side. But yes, good young English talent will flourish under good managers. I spoke to a Premier League manager last week about a foreign manager. And I won't name him, it's not that. But we were just talking generally. And I said, what about English players? And he went through a list and he said, cool. And I said to him, which oh, Stones, number one, no doubt. Mm. Mm. They f because they see in him the technical quality mm. of player that they want, feel is absolutely essential, the building block of a team. And he's got that. But Sterling's talented. We've got Ali and others. We've got young players. It's a question of getting them to be able to be strong enough mentally to cope, not just for club teams. It's easy to play for your club. It's harder to play when you're wearing the other shirt. Stones has the bravery to play. That's the mental strength, the bravery to play, to mm. keep playing. That, that's the thing that really excites me about him. Mm. And there's a sense that generations are changing at City. You, you know, Vincent Company, I think, is less than 20% of game time he's had over the last year. Yet another setback. What would you do with him in City's position? Would you say, OK, bit part player, come on to the coaching staff? Yeah, I think I would. I think that's what it is now. Look, I think he's a really good, a good person in the dressing room. He's a good character. He understands what the club's about. But his body is just... I mean, it was unlucky. It wasn't as if it was a muscle injury. He got clattered by the keeper. But it's almost as if it's, every time he walks on the park, you think he's going to come off by half-time. It's really mm -hmm. unfortunate. He keeps on. And, of course, he's trying to overcompensate when he trains because he's worried. You start to lose faith in him as a player if you're the coach because you can't think, oh, crikey, who am I going to bring on after half an hour when, when he goes down again? But he's a really important character within the club and I think they would be reluctant to lose him from the environment within the dressing room, but maybe he has to accept now that his body's telling him it's getting close to the edge and you're only used in extremists. Mm. That's his choice, whether he wants to carry on playing or not. You know, if he wants to carry on, they'll give him this season to see whether he can overcome it. And if he can't, it's his, it's his call first at the end of the year, like it was with John Terry. Mm. Jim, you know, in the other match in their group, Celtic are playing Barcelona, you know, Brendan Rodgers is being Brendan Rodgers and you know, building him, his team up saying that they can beat Barcelona. Mm. Really? No, of course they can't. Well, I and mean, they've got a one. Malaga can't draw nil nil with them with nine got, players, they, but they, they can. You know, I mean, we saw a, that. They've got a one, two, three percent chance of beating Barcelona, who are not at their very, very best, but they still have some of the finest players in the world. Mm. Brendan's absolutely right to so be positive. I mean, you, you know, if you're negative, you've got no chance at all. Yeah, Moussa Dembélé's made a, a heck of a difference to that side already. He's a good player. Where's he going to end up? Uh, back in the Premier League. I'm not quite sure where, mind. Um, and I suppose we're very keen on him last year and nearly did the deal with Fulham, somebody will. A decent club will take you on. But he'll come in as a sort of Bachelet, second stroke, third striker position initially, and then it'll be up to him to force his way into a side. I don't think, I don't think a top six team buys him as a starting forward. Which yet. means, you're probably right, he probably will end up in the Premier League because money will talk. But mm. if I were him, and I'm not going to play like Bachelet, I'm thinking, should I go somewhere else? Like a Southampton or somewhere like that. Or a Cologne or a Leipzig to another country. Mm. Look at Manchester United. You were there, as you said, yeah. Jim. When Jose Mourinho said that we are the unluckiest team in the Premier League, you could see the headline being formed. Yeah. That's a load of nonsense, isn't it? Uh, well, it's not right, no. No, no, they're no luckier or unlucky than anybody else. I mean, they were inefficient, is the word. You know, the last three uh, home games have all been draws. They haven't scored the goals. They had lots of chances against um, Arsenal. I saw that game. They didn't take their chances. And when Arsenal had theirs, they took it. So... Um, no, they're not unlucky. I mean, I think they're improving. 
I think there's signs that the team is getting better. There's more influence of him on how they play. They're faster, quicker. Pogba is now starting to play properly. The disappointing one on Saturday was Rashford. Bright for five minutes and then faded from the game. Mm. You've got to expect that with younger players. Yeah, I mean, look, he looked poor. When he came in the England game, he looked like he had the wrong, wrong set of boots on, didn't he? Couldn't stand up as if he was. Yeah. Mm. I think also. It, but it, let's not have the Rashford backlash. Oh, no, 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 no. But no, I'm no. just saying, like any young player, he will have down periods because he's still learning and he's learning. His body's changing all the time. He's a really talented boy and he'll come again. Look at Martial, same sort of age. Mm. He was flying last season when he came in, then he had a dip, and he's, the dip has continued. He's a far more, far more of an issue, I think, mm. the oh, serious absolutely. problem He looked really listless, didn't he? Something, I mean, look, we know they've had issues in his private life which should probably not help, but something is clearly up with him. Uh, so you've got him not firing, Rashford is having a bit of a dip, Zlatan wasn't playing, Rooney's got all the other things... No, you know, maybe no wonder they couldn't score goals with that well, yeah, situation. Well, that's right. They haven't got a stru functioning striker. And Mkhitaryan can't get anywhere near the yeah. team. I mean, mm. Ibrahimovic, after a decent start, stopped scoring goals. Rooney can't play anymore, you know, to that level as a number nine striker. Rashford's not playing there, so he's not getting the game time to play in that role. They haven't got a Diego Costa or a Harry Kane-type stri striker scoring their goals, and that's their biggest problem. Yeah. Mm. Might as well address the Rooney issue. He's accused the media of trying to write his obituary. But surely, to a degree, some of his performances are doing that for him, aren't they? I think it's a self-penned book, isn't it? The reason people are suggesting it, that he may lose the England captaincy is because it's become clear from the England manager-elect, or whatever you want to call him, that he might lose the England captaincy. He's already not a starting automatic starter for England anymore. In fact, he's not a starter. He only plays when others aren't there. You know, he, he starts because Ali wasn't there against Scotland. You've got Ali and Lalana both ahead of him in the queue for that position. For, I don't think it's right to suggest that's the end of him for England. He should never be in the squad again. He should lose it. No, not that. But he isn't playing particularly well. He hasn't scored enough goals. He's not getting in his club team. The manager says he was too slow to play in a game against Arsenal. All of these factors are, are evident uh, of, of, a, of an issue and a problem. He then compounds it by behaving in an unprofessional manner. I'm not going to go down this holier-than-thou, I'd never drink. No, it's not about that. I'm not, a, I'm not a professional athlete, though. B, if my wife told me to go to bed and I didn't, I'd be in trouble. If his manager tells him to go to bed and he doesn't, he's going to be in trouble. It's just what is. Mm. We sometimes forget there's a human being behind the headline. Do you have mm. any sympathy for him? Because he's in that classic athlete situation of finding himself being betrayed by his body. Father time is catching up with him, and it does with every professional sportsman, never mind football. And it's catching up with him earlier than it does with most, even though he's been a pretty good professional, not a completely model professional. He's 750 games. Exactly. He started so early as well, yeah. that's the thing. He started at 16. You know, he's had 15 years of it. You know, you've only got so many games in your legs, and you know, he's running out. You can see he's just slow. He's slow across the ground. Mourinho's right in that respect. So it used to be the case years ago that players in his position... Even great players would go down a level, play a season or two at a smaller club or in a championship level. They don't do that anymore. They don't need to financially, do they? For well, they can't be if they, the smaller clubs can't afford them. So, where does he go? Well, either to America or to China, where there is, especially in China, a huge amount of money waiting for a last payday if he wants it. A bit sad, that. Manchester United this week, got a busy week. Feyenoord on Thursday, then West Ham on Sunday. West Ham, there's some murmurs already about Billich and his management. Do you think he'll survive this? Probably, but they've got a tough run. I mean, 
That was a kick in the teeth on Saturday. Whether or not they deserved to win the game is an irrelevance. They'd won the game. There's a minute to go, you're 2-1 up, see it out, and they end up losing. Not just dropping a point, dropping two points, you know, they lose the game, get nothing from it. They've now got this run of two United games, including the League Cup, Arsenal and Liverpool. Now, realistically, it doesn't take a great you know, profit to think they'll lose all four of those games the way they're playing, and then they are in deep trouble. They're in the bottom three, potentially, coming into Christmas. That's not a comfortable position for any manager, particularly not when you've got a 60,000 stadium, which needs to be filled when you've got interesting owners who expect perhaps more than you're going to give them. There are clear issues there. And also, let's be honest, they bought terribly in the summer. That was an awful, awful window in terms of the players. Now, they've been a bit unlucky using AU and the strikers who've been injured, but the players they've brought in have just not been good enough. Mm. Zaza's been awful, isn't he? He's beyond that, isn't he? I mean, really. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, I, I, I hate it this when managers are under the spotlight. I might lose his job for a couple of games. Last season, Bilic had a great first season as West Ham manager. Surely there's a lot of credit in the bank. Many managers have a blip in the start of the second season. If you get through that, off you go. David Moyes, when he came to Everton, started well. Then he had a season, blip, blip of a season where he finished 17th, just escaped relegation. And he spent another nine seasons at the club, giving them a fantastic time for that kind of club. I think it would be appalling if they got rid of Village. Mm. But there's also you know, pressure around at, at Crystal Palace as well with Alan Pardew. Interesting that during the international break, he, he went to New York to see the, the new American owners. Did they give him a timetable? Well, maybe not, but I think if they were to lose uh, Swansea at the weekend, that would become critical. I genuinely think it's... 22 points from 31 matches is shocking. They are the worst team in the whole of the four divisions this year in terms of points. That's scary. It really is. They are in a bind. They're giving away sloppy, soft, awful goals. That winning goal on Saturday, how on earth does that goal get scored from a corner that's just passed along the box? It wasn't even hit hard, was mm -hmm. it? It's a, it's a nothing ball in. And yet, Yaya's unmarked six yards out. That, that just can't happen. There's, there's a lack of organisation there. And organisation from set pieces comes down to the manager. It really does. That's his, one of the things he should work in day in, day out. I mean, I like Alan a lot, and I, and I hope he comes through this, but I think it's five losses on the spin now. Mm. That's not good. Mm. He goes through... In, sorry to interrupt. In, no. in, in his career, he goes through... He doesn't have a kind of middling bit. Either they win lots... Same at Newcastle. They win lots of games in a row and have a surge, or they lose lots of games in a row, and he doesn't have this kind of draw, lose, draw, lose, win. He's in the slump... He's feast or famine, isn't it, with yeah, him all the he's time? In the, he's in the slump at the moment, but I, same, with, same as I said with Bilic. You know, Pardew should have a lot of credit in the bank. They're in the cup final last season. The fans have seen some very... He's an attacking manager. Mm. They see lots of good football. And managers, just like players, have downtimes, and you, you need to keep faith sometimes. But isn't... You, know, you have to almost plead temporary insanity to be a Premier League manager these days, mm. because if you look at what Bob Bradley is going through at, at Swansea, you know, yeah. people were questioning him after three games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. and the fans were singing for Guidolin the day before he was sacked, praying yeah. praise of Guidolin. Well, there's a club at odds with itself, isn't it, Swansea? Yes. There's yeah. problems there because the fans yeah. seem to feel that Hugh Jenkins has, has betrayed them. Yeah. Which I think it's unfair. He's done what he thought was the best thing for the long-term improvement of the club by selling, giving them a, a more secure financial base, giving it to these two Americans who actually have a good track record of ownership in American sport. They're not two fly-by-nights who are just coming in to make a few bob. They've got a... They've really? Involved, well, I don't think so, no. I don't think they are because they've, they've, made, they've made their money already. I've heard of... That said before about Americans who know about yeah. sport and Liverpool fans might have something to say about that. Yeah. But. Talking of Liverpool, 
you know, they played at Southampton, you know, people were saying they were the best team that they'd seen there all season. Can we believe in Liverpool as potential champions? Oh, yes. Benefiting hugely from no Europe. They're actually about a window ahead of where I thought they were going to be. I thought it would have taken three windows for Klopp to really stamp his mark on them in terms of the profile of the squad. And he seems to be in advance of that, uh, which is really positive. They seem to have been, they're much more secure at central defence. Now Matip has been a big signing for them. I still think if you're playing Liverpool, you want to get someone jumping against Klein at the back post. I think you'll win every ball against him. He's a very good forward, attacking fullback. But high balls, you know, balls to the back stick, you get above him pretty easily. You know, there was a chance that Austin had on, mm. on Saturday where he should score, actually, if he got there. And that's always, that is the vulnerability for them, that ball to that back stick. Antonio scored two like that last year for West Ham against mm. them. It is a, it's a regular problem. They'll, they'll, but coming forward, they're terrific. Well, they'll be a vulnerable team because they're an attacking team. You know, the balance, like, like Arsenal, the balance is attack rather than defend. So they will always be running over the back. The thing that I'm really impressed with about them is the way that they're forward, four front guys interchange all the time. You know, you can't really give it a system because they're, they're fluid completely. Coutinho, Firmino, Alana and Mane, who are the four that he wants to play. And they're fantastic. I've rarely seen anything quite so good in um, mm. the English league. And when Sturridge comes in, he's, he's a good player, Sturridge, but he can't fit into that system. He, he slows it down. Can you see Sturridge ending up at West Ham? I can certainly see him ending up somewhere else. Whether he would want to go to West Ham, I, I doubt. Whether he might fancy another London club that's playing in the Champions League that were to come in, one of two, or, you know, I can see that being more viable in mm. some respects because he doesn't want to play in a side that's scrapping for, for survival, but he wants to play football. And I think he would be a good player for any club. I, I like Daniel Stone. I think he's got terrific talent, naturally uh, a goal scorer. The problem with him, of course, is in his own head, how fit is he? And that's an issue. He's got this thing about, unless I'm 100%, I don't want to risk it. And I don't think managers like that. And Klopp clearly doesn't like that. That's the problem. That's causing issues at, at Liverpool. Yeah, that, they, they play... I mean, and it's, it's too fast and pacey, their, their, their game for him. I mean, I think he would be fit... And absolutely into your thing about bravery of going abroad. For the slower pace of the Italian league, for example, I think of Milan or Inter, he'd be a fan revelation there because the kind of pace that he plays at would fit in and the technical quality he's got, which is outstanding. Mm. Oh. Won't be quite an old pals act, but you've got Ronald Koeman going back to Southampton at the weekend. A lot of obvious interest in that and focus on Claude Puel. You know, I hold my hands up. I was not, not sure about that appointment, but he's got them well organised. And it seems that Southampton have done it again in terms of getting the absolute maximum out of what they've got. They're a model club for... Into, but they, and they shouldn't be. Everything you look at them from the outside, I think this is a car crash, basket case. Couldn't be further from the, the truth. I mean, ever since the, the Liebherr's come in, they made some big decisions, but they've all been good decisions. They've been forced to lose managers and forced to lose players, and yet they found answers and solutions every time. And every year you think, well, this time it's not going to work. You've proven wrong. And yeah. it's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's an absolutely outstanding story that if you've got a structure within the club and good people behind the scenes, you've got a chance of punching way above your weight. Three times in a row they've picked a manager who's turning out to be a fantastic choice. So whoever's responsible for that is... is you've got to say, well done, Les Reed, haven't you? Well, if it's him, if, it's he, if he's the one who's doing it, I mean... He's manager is with Kruger and, and others. And, you know, Kruger's, yeah. who I thought was a... Was, I thought it was Wreck-It Ralph when he came in. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was really worried for Southampton. And Koeman, when he went in there, wasn't sure what he was going to get. And in the end, he's gone 
for the bigger club at Everton, and they are a bigger club, but it wasn't anything like as worrying as he thought he was when he turned out, and he ended up loving it there, and everyone would because there's a, a really good structure. Everton, one win in seven, they've got a big window in January, haven't they? Um, well, any ambitious club in Everton are ambitious, and if they've got the finance, will want to bring in new players. Yeah, I mean, they started really well, they're having a blip. Koeman's a very good manager, I think they'll come through this. You know, they're having the November blip that mm. Arsenal usually have. Mm. Yeah, of course, if they can get new, good new players in, but January is not a good time to buy players, generally speaking. Mm. You know, you, you're lucky if you get a really game-changing, season-changing player in January. Mm. Doesn't stop a lot of managers being on the phone today. No, it doesn't, no. Yeah. OK, just we'll finish chats with BT Sport game, which should be a great game, mm. Chelsea-Spurs. Was that where Spurs lost the title last season? They'd right. lost the title months before. Even if they'd won the last four games, they weren't going to win the league because Leicester had got more points on them. You know, it, was, it was the game which confirmed they weren't going to win the title. Because they lost it, didn't they? Yeah, because they played the occasion. They'd won the match. They won the match at half-time. They'd murdered them. They were two up, they were cruising. And then they got sucked into all the other madness. But that's not to blame Chelsea for it because Spurs' behaviour was reprehensible at times. Certainly those players looked ought to be ashamed of what they did on Eric that night. Dyer. Dyer, just completely off Dembele, the Rose... Lots of them. And they're good lads who just lost, lost their heads. But that's either going to be uh, a match that haunts their careers as a collective or the one that makes their careers as a collective. It's interesting that this season, when they've been under pressure in the league games, they've managed to find a way to not lose, even when they haven't played well. Whereas last season, under pressure, you always felt they were likely to just, to just crack. Now, they may crack on Sunday, then Saturday, they may lose at Chelsea. But they still have lost one game out of 13. They're going to be a maximum of seven points off the top. They're in the frame again, which a lot of people thought, that's it, they've blown it, they'll never come back. They've got, you know, this year with all these other teams being strengthened, Spurs have gone, they'll finish seventh or eighth. Well, they may finish seventh or eighth, but I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't mm. think so either. Oh, I was never among those many people. I, th I was very impressed with Spurs last season. And, yeah, they cracked in the run-in. Um, actually, the game they lost in the title... It was I West Brom. No, it wasn't. It was losing home to Leicester, actually. Way back in January, you mean? Well, yeah. It was a six-point, six, yeah. classic six-point game, yeah. But they're a strong team. Pochettino's an outstanding young manager. They've got a strong, young squad with money to buy new players if they need to. They'll be in the top four at the end of this season. Whether, and they'll be challenged. I think it's five or six who can challenge for the title this season. And I don't think we're going to get one or two going away from the rest. What about Chelsea? They're at the top at the moment. Very, very strong. It's not rocket science, is it? If you're a manager... You get a settled side. I think it's five uh, on the bounce have had the same starting mm -hmm. 11. You have a system you trust, 3-4-3 three, three in his case. And frankly, you let your players get on with it. And you get faith in the way that you look at Eden Hazard. The difference between last season and this season is night and day. Yeah. It's almost as if he wants to play for this manager and didn't want to play for the Funny other that, one. Isn't it? <laughs> Which can happen... He made two very, very big calls in terms of selection. One of them was slightly easier because of the injury to Terry at the start, but still he started the season with Terry as his centre-half and it probably helped that Terry was injured, which allowed him to go to a three because you couldn't really play with a three mm. with Terry. And with him out, he was able to go with the three to play, play. I'm still not convinced that he actually wanted David Luiz, but I would say David Luiz is playing really, really well. But he also decided, no, Fabregas, not for me. Big call. Fabregas was a big player when they won the title. Was a good player. Is a, is a good player. So he made those decisions, gone with the form with the with the system he fancied. 
and the confidence has grown exponentially, game by game. Mm. As a student, Jim, mm. of European football, yeah. are you surprised by how well Antonio Conte's done? Not at all. No, no. I mean, his record in, in Juventus was fantastic. Yeah. Titles, three titles in a row, I think. Playing that system, he changed that system when they were 3 0 down to Arsenal at half time. The, mo the most amazing thing in that change, the two wing backs, because Victor Moses and Alonso are not superstar players, no. you know, they're pretty average players to be honest. Other managers have not fancied them. To see something in them and get them to play, because they're absolutely critical to that system working, I think that's a really, really smart piece. But did he not do it with Lichsteiner and Isla at Juventus, who, mm. of, who, uh, yeah. who were, looked fantastic? They're not bad players, but they look better players in that system. But they, you, when you, got... you obviously didn't see Isla when he played for Queen's Park Rangers. He looked a bad player. <laughs> well, exactly, but, you know, it's... But, but one, yeah, but well, player at one place can be Sousa Milan, who's rubbish at Liverpool, scores two goals in the Milan derby. Mm. You know, I mean, players can flourish somewhere and be poor somewhere else. Very quick answers, chaps. Can Chelsea or Spurs, or no, will Chelsea or Spurs win the title? I think Chelsea have got a very good chance. I think Spurs will fall just short. I think they're both in the mix. They could both win the title. I think it's far too close to call. I think top five for sure, and even Man United, if they get on a run, could win a title. So. No Europe, no worries. Chelsea may just do it. Jose who? Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast.